think I'm going to do one switch. This is tough. Now, if I move over here, I'm going to block you guys, right? No? You can still see okay? All right. I feel like I can see the screen a little better. Good evening. Uh, glad to see you folks. I've got several things for you that I'd like for you to have. This is a little track called Why Trust the Bible. Really would like all the young people to get one. They're on the back table. There are about 25 in Spanish and I think 100 or 150 in English. So um, please help yourself to those. I fully intended to have a really nice booklet for you, but in spite of all efforts of the printers and the United States Postal Service and the promises that it would be there today uh, and me actually stopping the mail of the road and she's a real nice lady and saying please and when I walked in the post office oh we know who you are there's a big sign on the back you know catch the package don't take it let him pick it up it never came or it hasn't at least come yet so I'm saying that to say that what I'm, instead of getting everybody's address to send everybody an individual one, I'm going to send a number of them uh, here, and I'll send a number probably to Donnie for the folks at Jupiter. If you're here from some other assembly and you need some, then um, they'll be sent there, kind of a representative deal. It's a little bit fuller booklet uh, dealing with pretty much the same subject. And then in the morning, I have one more surprise, but I want to be sure, are the Jupiter folks going to be here in the morning? As far as you know, Jupiter and also Boynton folks, whatever. Because um, um, I brought with me a couple of boxes of books and booklets that either have to do with the subject at hand about the Bible or they are in and of themselves Bible study booklets or uh, books that have to do with subjects about the Bible. And I'm going to make those available. I thought I'd wait till the morning to do that, but I wanted to be sure you guys were going to be here. So those are just kind of a first come, first serve. You're more than welcome to have them. But um, it'll help you a little bit, I think, to be able to have something to apply, uh, something to do with the subject that we're talking about. So if you don't know, my name is Larry Price, and uh, I'm glad to be here tonight. I'm really glad to take up this subject. I was asked, have I ever done this subject before? And I've never done it in a series. I've probably done all of the things I'm going to be speaking about separately or in individual messages in different contexts, but never as a whole series. Now, I kind of look at this series as being sort of like a, a, uh, a five-course meal. And really, if you're going to enjoy a, a five-course meal, uh, you have to have the whole meal. Uh, you don't just have the appetizer and walk away or the, or the salad or the entree. You want the whole meal deal, right? But I understand because of logistics and different things, it's a little bit hard for everybody to possibly be at every meeting. But thankfully, the sessions will be recorded. And I say that because there is a certain continuity if you were to come tonight, you'll get some things. I'm sure the Lord will give you some things that are good, but you won't get the things that we're dealing with tomorrow, and, and it's sort of a progressive approach. At least that's what I, I hope to take with the subject at hand. So um, if you can't be here, you can surely get the recordings, or you can go back. great thing about Facebook Live is you don't have to look at it live. You can go back and look at it after it's not live. Yeah. 
Now, I want to stress again to the young people, and I, I will be talking a lot to the younger set here, whoever you may be, if you're like me and one of the young folks, um, then um, I'm going to be stressing a lot of things to you. But, of course, the older ones are more than welcome to jump in and ride along. But uh, I, I stress these things to you as well. But I always like to say at the beginning and at the outset of any topic like this that I take up, uh, particularly the topical studies, which this is, that you may not agree with everything I say. You may not uh, agree with the way that everything is put. I may not answer every question you have. We're very thankful to have the box back there. This is your time. Those questions that have been burning in your mind that you'd really like to ask and, and you want to have anonymity, you know, you don't have to put your name on it or anything. Put them back there in the box. Malcolm, don't load the box again, as in times past. I always know when they're yours, all 25 of them that you put in there. So uh, <laughs> anyway, your sins have found you out. <laughs> but um, feel free to put the questions there, and we'll see if the Word of God has an answer for it. Now, the, the better thing for me, of course, is the quicker you get the questions in, it gives me more time to actually look at the questions rather than just off the cuff. So um, use that and, and avail yourself. But what I was going to say is this. I always like to at least uh, leave you with this sense that while you may not understand everything and perhaps you, you, you don't necessarily agree with everything or you might, at least I want to leave you with the sense that I believe the things that I believe because the Bible says so. Now, I hope that makes sense to you. It may sound very simplistic, but in reality, that's really the best that I can do. To leave you with the sense, well, whatever that man said, I know he said it and believes it because he says he believes that's what the Bible says. That's what I want to leave you with. Now, having said that, because of the subject at hand, there are going to be a couple of times when I will depart from what is my standard MO or my standard method of operation, and that is I love to stick straight in the Word of God. But because we're dealing with some things that have to do with history, it'll be necessary for me to depart a time or two into the realm of historical evidences and facts, which we'll, you will know when we get there. So having said that, if you have your Bible in whatever form you may have it, turn to your app, turn to your app. Now, you wouldn't really turn to your app, would you? Open your app. Open your Bible, and if you like, read along with me. I always like to have you read along and see it. When I say read along, I'll read out loud. You follow along, because it's good to get the Word of God not only through the ear gate, but also through the eye gate. And it's good for you to be able to check whatever someone says to make sure that what they're bringing to you is the Word of God. So that's very important. So we're going to open to 2 Timothy chapter 3 to begin. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now just a little bit of background. Uh, the book of 2 Timothy is one of the last books that Paul the Apostle wrote. As he gets to chapter 4... He will uh, 
tell us that his life is about to be offered as a sacrifice. So this is one of the last letters that he wrote. And normally the last words of a dying person are very significant. They don't waste time with things that are trivial. And, of course, this being the word of God, it just magnifies that even more, doesn't it? So here is Paul writing to Timothy and telling him things that he wants to pass on to him as a younger man. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm going to break in into verse 12, as he says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child... Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man, that is, that the person, the individual of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, unto all good works. This is Paul's admonition to Timothy, reminding him of what he had learned from the time he was a child. Many of you who are here, younger people, teenagers, you've had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home. Uh, I never had that privilege, as most of you know, and I take it that that's a real plus for you, or it can be, depending on what you do with it. Um, so if you've had that kind of a heritage, you've had a mother or a grandmother or a parent or both parents who've tried to influence you for the good and spiritual things, the things of Jesus Christ, that can be a huge bonus in your life. And Timothy, from a child, had been taught what Paul calls here the holy scriptures, able to make you wise unto salvation. I always like to emphasize as well that a lot of the things that I'm going to be speaking about, particularly today and tomorrow, are things that are aimed towards those who are believers in the Lord Jesus. Those who have come to saving faith, those who have come to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, if you're here and you're not saved, and you've never trusted Christ as Savior and found in Him that forgiveness of sins that He offers and that is communicated through His Word then tonight I appeal to you to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, recognize your own sinfulness, confess before God that you are a sinner, and find in Christ that Savior of whom he is. But that doesn't mean there won't be other things that you can't get out of what's said. I'd just like to emphasize that what I'm going to be speaking about mostly has to do with those who are believers. And so, Timothy, times are going to get worse and worse. Evil men and seducers are going to get worse and worse. People are going to depart from the faith. What is the antidote? What is the solution to which Paul will point him? He says to him, continue in the things which you have learned. And what were the things that he had learned and had been assured of, knowing of whom he had learned him? That from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures. Good to teach your children Scripture, isn't it? Love to hear the children recite scripture and memorize scripture as young children. It's a wonderful thing to hear. It always excites me whenever I'm around and, and hear that thing taking place. 
And he had learned these scriptures, which are able to bring you the wisdom that leads to God's salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, coming to a better understanding of what that means. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, for doctrine to show you what is right, for reproof to show you what's wrong, for correction, how to get right, and instruction in righteousness, how to stay right. And so the word of God is full and is able to bring you to that place of maturity to thoroughly furnish you, as the scripture says, unto all good works, which according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 is what we have been called to, right? God's purpose in calling us uh, and laying out before our path those good works. And so it is the word of God that will equip us to do those things. One more verse. It's found in another second, Second Peter. If you turn forward a bit into the New Testament, Second Peter in chapter 1. Fantastic passage. It has to do with the word of God. You should mark these, bookmark them. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I know on my phone I probably have six, seven different Bible apps. I probably mostly only use two of them. A couple of others have certain features on them that I like for various reasons, but uh, I really get real familiar with a couple of them that I use all the time. And so if you're one of those people who doesn't use a actual physical Bible and you use an app like that, well, uh, you need to learn how to use it well. I still like the advantage of a Bible myself. I like to make my own notes, do little things in there for myself. But be that as it may, you should at least mark, bookmark, however you do, those passages, that passage of Scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and then 2 Peter chapter 1, and we begin dropping down into verse uh, 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And it's particularly verse 21 that we will focus in on. Although in the setting of these verses, you are taken back to an experience that Peter had, a very close experience that the other apostles did not have, not all of them anyway. He was with the Lord in what he calls the Holy Mount or the Mount of Transfiguration. And that was a phenomenal experience. You remember if you know the scene that takes place in the Gospels where the heavens uh, break forth in a sense and the voice comes from heaven, this is my beloved son, not at the baptism now, but at the transfiguration when Christ was transfigured there before the disciples. And his, they, they lost the words to describe it. He, he shined uh, greater than the midday sun, uh, whiter than any white, you know, could uh, any uh, bleach could bleach almost. Uh, loss of words to really describe the brightness, the effulgence of his glory that was manifested there on the holy mount. What an experience, you say. But Peter says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. And that is which was spoken not by the will of man in verse 21, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 
And so we want to think about that. Now, uh, obviously, our subject here is how can I be sure about the Bible? How can I know that the Bible is true? There's no question but that when it comes to this revelation, which we refer to as the Word of God, the Bible claims to be a revelation that is given from God about himself. And when it comes to revelation, the scriptures will tell us we only know that which God has chosen to reveal. Matter of fact, there's a verse back in the Old Testament that tells us that God hasn't chosen to reveal everything to us. The secret things belong unto the Lord, but he has been pleased to reveal a good many things to those who are his children to us and our children, as it says back in that verse in scripture. So because God is God, he doesn't have to tell us everything. But then again, God is delighted to reveal himself in a variety of ways. And we can only know ultimately what it, what it is that God has disclosed about himself or that which God reveals to us. And we'll speak in a moment about the various forms of revelation that God has given. But how can we know that the Bible is true? Now, the scriptures themselves claim uh, to be a revelation from God, and that is going to be uh, one of the I don't want to call it a supposition, although it is in a sense. Uh, it is going to be the basis of what we're going to be speaking about, at least what I'm going to be speaking about, that the scriptures themselves claim to be a revelation from God. Now, that is not my opinion. We'll see in a moment. That is what the scriptures say. What we're going to have to get to in our next sessions is what evidence do we have for that, if any? How can we substantiate that claim today that these, uh, this book that we call the Bible this collection of books that we call the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, how can we substantiate that it is indeed a unique revelation from God different from other so-called revelations from various gods and different from other religious books? And that is what we'll seek to do as we move along into um, our, our study this week. But the claims of the scripture, the Bible claims to be a revelation from God. And in various places throughout the word of God, I'm not going to turn to every one of these references or it would take more than the sessions we have. But you'll notice that in verses like Exodus chapter 14 and Leviticus chapter 4 and Numbers chapter 4, that you will find this phrase over and over. Now the Lord spoke or the Lord said. Now, I can make these notes available at a later date uh, for those who might be interested or unless you're a really fast writer and like to write down references really fast. I'm not that good. Or you can wait till they all get up and you can screenshot each slide that comes along, whatever you choose to do. But um, over and over we find places where Moses was commanded to write what God had told him. So we're talking now about the claim of the Bible itself, the claim of the Scriptures themselves, and we find over and over this repetition, the Lord spoke. The prophets will often use this type of phrase, uh, the Lord speaks. You might turn there if you'd like to follow along in Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1, the first of the so-called major prophets. And it'll say it this way. Now, this is from a different translation. Yours may read this way. Mine says this in Isaiah 1-2. Hear, O heavens, give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. The Lord hath spoken. So many, many times you find the scriptures will say it in that way. The Lord speaking or the Lord spoke. The prophets claimed that 
this was a revelation from God. Isaiah chapter 7, while we're in Isaiah, we might as well turn there and look at that one since it's fairly close. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 3, Then said the Lord unto Isaiah. Now remember at this point, all we're doing is showing what the Bible says about itself. To, to show the claims of this book, the Bible, that it declares, this is the Lord speaking, that this is a revelation from God. Thus saith the Lord. That's a common one in the prophets, isn't it? So it wasn't just the prophet saying this. It was the Lord saying this through the prophet and the prophet repeating, this is what God says. I, I tell you, I'm so tempted often. It's a dangerous thing to do in preaching and teaching the word of God because there's part of me that says, I want them to get this. But really it's up to the Lord that you get what you get and the spirit of God can show you what he wants to show you. He's very happy to do that, which is one of the reliefs in preaching. I don't have to worry about that part. He'll show you what he wants you to, what he wants you to see. But if I could say I wanted you to get something, I would want you to get that this book is God speaking. This book, in this book, the Bible, God has spoken. And God has spoken to the degree as it has been said before, that if God were to speak from heaven today, he wouldn't say anything that he hasn't already said in this book. You want to know the mind of God? You want to know that which the Almighty has revealed? He's given it to you in a book that you can read, and with his enabling, you can understand. What a gracious thing that is that God has done that, isn't it? And so... Uh, it's, it's a powerful thing. We think, thus saith the Lord. The word which came from Jeremiah from the Lord. Yes, Jeremiah was a human vehicle, and Jeremiah conveyed message, but the message that Jeremiah conveyed was the message that the Lord had given to him. The word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel. And so you see the prophets there as they make their claims that this indeed was the word of God. Over 3,800 times in the Old Testament, statements like that occur. Over 3,800 times in the Old Testament were a statement similar to this or identical to this, thus says the Lord, the Lord spake, the Lord said, and so on, over 3,800 times. Likewise, when we come to the New Testament, those writers also claim that they declare the message of God. Let's turn to the New Testament and listen to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. By the way, one of the most helpful things I did when I was a young believer, which has been many years ago, I know you can't tell it by looking at me, but um, actually 40 years ago this year, um, 1978, couple of helpful things. I pass those on for what they're worth. You can pick on them, up on them if you like. Memorizing scripture was one, but something as basic as memorizing the books of the Bible. For granted, if you, hopefully my battery's not fading, not my battery, but the microphone battery. Uh, my battery faded a long time ago, but um, anyway, uh, uh, don't take it for granted that everybody knows those things. Now, my old Bible um, I've just, in the past couple of years, been transitioning into a new Bible, which is 
you know, you got a Bible, you got 38 years of notes in or 35 or whatever. But my old Bible that I have still has what's left of them. It was good and it's bad. I give him credit where credit is due. I criticize him where criticism is due. So Jonathan Brower, back in the day, you know, John, he's a very was kind and suggestive kind of fellow, you see. He would come up to me, wouldn't he, and say, you know, you really should have, no. You need to put tabs on there. Oh, okay, you know. And often Jonathan was kind enough, here, I got you a set. <laughs> so I put those Bible tabs on there. That was the good part. The bad part was they're thicker than the page of the Bible. So after a few years, your pages start tearing because you got the tabs. But those were so helpful to find my way around in the Word of God. Those tabs, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Those tabs that you put on there that you flip the pages and they're marked with the books. Very helpful. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. The clear, unmistakable claim by Paul the Apostle that the things that he was saying are the commandments of the Lord. And by the way, he'll say earlier in 1 Corinthians, uh, you can trace it through there if you like, the times that he says things such as, the things that I say unto you and write unto you, I teach in every church, everywhere. Not just exclusively for the Corinthians, but the things that he taught to the Corinthians, he taught in every church. And he says, the things that I, I'm writing to you, those are the commandments of the Lord. And then a great verse in 1 Thessalonians, the first, the, the, those at Thessalonica, as the Greeks would say, or Thessalonica, or Salonica today as the town is. Uh, we call it Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2. Paul commends them for this. This is a great verse. Verse 13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now listen, I have had uh, the privilege of preaching and teaching the Word of God for, for quite a good number of years. I have not had to endure what you folks often have to endure, people who preach and teach the Word of God. And sometimes we enjoy it, but let's be honest, other times we endure it, yes, uh, there have been the occasion when I've had to endure. But you know what I try to do? I really do. No matter, how can I say this uh, diplomatically? No matter how, uh, uh, I don't want to say lousy. That's not right. Uh, <laughs> that wouldn't be diplomatic at all, would it? No, I want to say, no matter how that person's delivery may be, or... You know, how their personality and sometimes may be. I try, and sometimes it takes great effort, but I try to listen to the person who's opening this book and say, Lord, what is it that you want to say to me? Because God can use all kinds of vessels. Can he, Donnie? Yes, if he can use Balaam's ass, I told Donnie, he can use you. So you see, there's hope. So, uh, <laughs> Paul said to those Thessalonians, listen, when you received the, the word of God which you heard of us, so first of all, he's saying what we gave you was the word of God. 
Secondly, he says, not only when you received the word of God, which you heard us, you didn't receive it as the word of men. You didn't say, that's just some man up there. That's just his opinion. That's just a guy talking. That's just human wisdom. No, you listened and you heard the word of God and you received it as the word of God and it effectually works in you also that believe. When you received it, you believed it and it had its effectual working in your life. That's the process of the word of God, having its effectual working as we believe the message that is communicated most likely through human instruments. And so two examples in the New Testament, that the New Testament writers declared that uh, what they spoke was the message of God. Paul also taught that the salvation of human beings depends upon faith in the doctrines that he taught. If anybody taught other than the doctrines that he taught, Paul, then they taught contrary to what God's truth was, and they were worthy of condemnation. And John declares in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10 that his testimony was indeed God's testimony. And then says Peter, remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior. So we find in the New Testament the claim that these things were indeed the word of God. Um, Jason Escalona is not here, so... Um, you can blame him for this. You don't think I'm going to take the blame, do you? No, I, I asked Jason, and I pulled the audience now, side question, uh, which is better, black print on white slides or white print on black slides? Most people say white print on black slides, which works great, except when you have red scripture references. So uh, our highly highly uh, competent audiovisual technical department will me take care of this uh, and make it different later. But anyway, hundreds of passages that the Bible declares or assumes itself to be the Word of God. I have only listed a few, some from the Old Testament book of, books of Moses, uh, Joshua, Samuel, the Psalms, the Proverbs, the Prophets, the New Testament, and of course, the book of Revelation. So many scriptures that the Word of God, the Bible that is, declares itself to be the Word of God. The scriptures in so many ways declare that the Bible is the inspired word of God, that it's clear to anyone who reads it. Now, I want to say again at this point, you may not agree with that, but you can't deny the fact of that, that this book claims to be the word of God. Over and over and over, New Testament, Old Testament, Psalms, prophets, law, all of it, claiming to be indeed the Word of God. It is the constant assumption of the writers of the New Testament and the Old Testament and of Christ himself that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Now, why is this an important subject? It is an important subject because there are two things that I find that are inseparable in a sense. And there are two crucial areas when it comes to our faith uh, as believers in Christ. Two crucial areas. And number one, is this book indeed the word of God? And is Jesus Christ who he said he is? Those are absolutely crucial to our faith as believers. And if one of those falls, the other one falls. One of the great substantiations we have for the word of God is the fact that Christ himself claimed it to be the word of God. And so in a sense, if we deny the Bible as being the word of God, 
we put ourselves in opposition against Jesus Christ, who himself referred to this as the Word of God. So you see how crucial an area this is. And as I say, if either one of those um, fail, or if either one of those are not true, then we might as well close the book, go home, do something else, take up macrame. Most of you young ones will have to Google that. Uh, (laughs) Don't do it now. Or something. But you get the point. These things are so vitally linked together, and that's why the subject is so important and so crucial to understand that this is a reliable book and is indeed the Word of God. Example. Let's turn there for a moment. We've got a couple of minutes because we started a couple of minutes late. Let's turn to Psalm 19. That would be in the book of Psalms. Usually the easy way in a physical Bible to find Psalms is just break the Bible open in the middle. You'll usually hit it somewhere. Psalm 19. By the way, we haven't gotten that far yet, but when we do get to the mention of it, I will mention that there are two, uh, well, there are a number of, at least several different areas of revelation that God has given. Two Two of the main ones are God has revealed himself in creation and God has revealed himself in his word. And you get both of those in Psalm 19. It begins, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament shows his handiwork, day unto day utter speech, and so on. And then you have, in verse 7, you have the um, the Bible naming, not only is it the word of God, it has six perfections with six corresponding transformations of human character, which the word of God accomplishes. Now, I don't have time to go into these in a very lengthy exposition, except to say, actually, I would note three things in these verses, verses 7 through uh, 10, or verse 7 through 9 particularly. Number one, the nature of the Word of God. Uh, number two, and that's what it is, its character, what it's like, and then its effect, what it does. For instance, it's the law of the Lord. It's perfect. It converts the soul. That's its nature, the law, the character. It's perfect. And the effect, it converts the soul. It's the testimony of the Lord, which is sure, and it makes wise the simple. And you go over those, you see these six corresponding transformations of human character, which the Word of God accomplishes. This is just one example. So, in summary, the Bible... Uh, can be rejected only by rejecting its constant claims to being God's word. Now, that is an uh, obvious statement of fact. In other words, if you reject the Bible, you are rejecting its claims, and if you reject its claims, you're rejecting the Bible because it definitely claims, doesn't it, to be the word of God. Over and over, we find that. Now, um, I think we're going to... We're going to stop there for just a moment and take a break. How long a break are we going to take, Jamel? Five-minute break. Five minute break, and then we're cranking right back up.